Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I would rather you be scared than not do anything at all. If there's a dream that you have, why would you let people stop you? Why would you let people hold you back? Happy and healthy, what is up? Thank you guys. Has that gotten old yet to you guys? Like, are you guys over the sound effects? Because personally, I kind of like them, okay? I kind of like them a little too much. Anyway, hi everybody. My name is Janine Emapola Ward, if you are new here. I post these every single Tuesday. This podcast is called Happy and Healthy. It's a Christian podcast, and the demographic is mainly women. So shout out to you, my girls. However, I do feel like Caleb has brought in a new influx of men. We were at church the other day, and this guy ran into us, and he's like, hey, I listen to your podcast, and we were like, Let's freaking go. If you guys don't know what this podcast is about, it's a podcast to help you grow in all aspects of life, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I am very big on habits, disciplines, and I'm also a Christian. And so this advice is always going to come from God's perspective because if it's not from God's perspectives, I just feel like we can't do life right. Um, You could do it a certain way and it may work for a short time, but I think to find the true ultimate success, it's got to be God's way. And that is what I found in my own life. And so if you haven't listened to my testimony, definitely check out that podcast where I share my testimony because that will help you kind of know where I came from and all the things. I'm so excited because today's episode is going to be really, really good. I'm going to be sharing I think it's going to be five numbers, but I'm going to be sharing five ways that you are ruining your life. I know. Where's the sound effect for that? Exactly. A little scary. 
Um, and I'm not trying to be all dramatic, but I do think that these are things that are going to set you back in your success and your journey in your faith journey and just overall and you being the best version of yourself and all that God has called you to be. And I want you to thrive. I want you to succeed. So if you are, you know, listening to this podcast, pause it, get a little drink, get coffee. I am drinking my spark drinks because even though we are now in February, which is freaking bonkers, um, Caleb and I, the whole month of January, we said no sweets, no energy drinks, journaling every day, working out minimum 30 minutes every day and reading the Bible every single day. Nice. Caleb's in the room, by the way. And I'm not going to lie, you guys. So we did the Happy Healthy Challenge, and it was amazing. I'm so proud of everyone that did it. If you didn't do it, you could still do it. You can always, always do this challenge. Um, But we did it the entire month of January, and it was tough. I'm not going to lie. I am going to be honest. I did eat some sweets. I caved. Guys, I'm so sorry. I I full-on caved. Um, I didn't cave every single day, though. I would say out of the 31 days, I probably failed five out of those days, sweets wise. I missed two days of working out and I missed a couple days of journaling, but I did read every day. I'm proud of myself. Worked out every day, almost an entire month. And Caleb and I read all the time before bed. That was really, really great. And another thing was to keep your space clean. I think I did a pretty good job at that. So I'm very proud of us for doing that challenge. If you did that challenge, go you, you are crushing it and we'll have more to come. Another thing I want to highlight, you guys, is my email list. I have an email list. It's on JanineAmapola.com when you go on there. I have some exciting freebies coming. So I have devotionals, devotionals that are going to challenge you. Also, we're going to be giving away the first chapter of my book, Becoming Happy and Healthy. Oh, my book is right here. I was literally right about to ask Caleb, can you go grab a book? Turns out it's next to me. So as you guys know, I've announced my book. It's called Becoming Happy and Healthy. It comes out March 26th. Until then, if you're wanting to read it or even get a sneak peek, my website on JaninaMapola.com. when you're on the website, something should pop up and it should say, connect with us. So fill out your information. We have tons of freebies coming where you can read the first chapter of my book, which is super exciting. And then... We're going to continue to send you guys encouragement and devotions and all sorts of things like that. So just stay tuned, fill out the information, connect with me, and you guys will be the first to know on the email list of things that are being launched. Excuse me. I haven't burped on a podcast in a minute. It's this drink. Um, And you'll be the first to know about launches and anything exciting coming. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And um, you know what I sometimes realize? I don't, I don't know if I like this about myself. I'll go back and I'll re-listen to my solo episodes and I'm like, why do you sound so angry? Guys, I swear, I really swear I'm not angry. I'm a very happy person. Um, and it's so funny, when I film episodes with Caleb, I feel like I talk a little bit nicer, but then on a solo episodes, I feel like I just sound mean and I'm sorry. I don't want to be a condemning person. So I'm going to work on that in today's episode. Okay, so grab yourself a drink, grab yourself a coffee, a snack, whatever. Get comfy, you guys. We're trying to be comfy here. I have a crew neck on. It's from this company called Shop 20s. I have my Zara sweatpants, and I have my Uggs. Y'all, are you impressed by my flexibility? Look at this. Okay, anyway, I'm done. Let's get into today's episode of Happy and Healthy and five ways that you are ruining your life. Let's get into the first segment and the first one, which is 
community, not surrounding yourself with good people. Now, I'm sure you've heard me say this over and over and over. You're like, Janine, I'm trying. I promise you, like, I'm really, really trying. And if you are trying, let me just say, this is my applause to you. Way to go. Because it's really, really hard. And I know the older you get, the more difficult it gets to find good people around you. But I really want you to go into this next year and really think about five people. It could be three people. It could honestly be one person. One person in your life that you want to get closer to, that you want to invest into, you want them to invest into you, and you guys want to sharpen and refine each other. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, which means the more that it rubs up against each other, it's refining it and it's making it better. And that's what we should be doing in our friendships. And I know that friendship is difficult. I want to make another episode about this because I just have so many people ask me about this, but people in your life truly have the power to push you and further you in your callings and your giftings and all that God has called you to be or prevent you and pull you back from all that God has called you to be. Which one do you want? And if you have yourself around the best people, people that celebrate you, they're excited for you, they're not envious of you, they're not trying to talk bad about you, you know that if you left the room or if you left um, early and the the rest of the group of girls was there and you were like, hey, I gotta go, you know they wouldn't talk about you, bad about you, or like as soon as you leave, they're not like, oh my God, I cannot believe she da da da. That's got to be like by far one of the worst feelings. So I think friendship is so key in our life. And the Bible is so clear about it. Again, like I said, iron sharpens iron. Two are better than one. Y'all, I have an entire chapter about friendship in my book because I completely, I totally believe in friendship because friendship is what changed my life. When I was surrounding myself with people that did not push me closer to Jesus, that did not help me advance my goals in my career and work on my identity issues and insecurities. Like you're just staying longer in that because you don't have anyone to pull you out of that. And the problem is a lot of the times we have insecurities or things that we're doing wrong, but we just don't know it. And when you have good people around you that are not afraid to tell you like, yo, that's, that's not cool then you're just going to stay in this like lukewarm, lackluster life because you don't have other people looking at you and telling you the truth of, hey, I really think you're missing the mark here. And that's what's hard is a lot of people just think like, no, your friends are the ones that celebrate you and they champion you. But no, your friends also got to call you out and they've also got to call you higher. And sometimes that's really painful. So I want to encourage you to pray over that Or think about the people in your life that already do that and thank them for that. Or invest in them more or say, hey, I want to give you access in my life to call me out on things that I know are not making me better. So here's some verses really quickly about friendship. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's 1 Corinthians 15.33. Another one is Proverbs 13.20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions of fools will suffer, suffer harm. Proverbs 12, 26, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And in my book, there's so many other things about that. It is so, so true. If you want to be wise, choose wise people. Choose people around you that are where you want to be or that you admire them, something in them. Maybe they have a quality that you're like, I don't possess that. How can I possess that? Walk with that friend more. Go to them. Say, hey, how can you 
Can you teach me something? How do you do that? I'm al- I always see you being so nice to the waiter. I always see you being so nice to this homeless person. How, where do you do that? How can I be more like you? And get their tips. And here's the thing, like you may possess certain qualities in yourself that are beneficial to somebody else. And again, like you possess something, they possess something. So you guys better each other. You kind of bounce off each other. You have this flow where you help each other out. And I think that's super important because where you may be weak, someone else is strong. Where someone else is strong, you may be weak. And that is the power of friendship. And anything that you want to do in life, whether that's your career in school and your faith in dating, look at the people around you and say, are these people benefiting me and contributing towards my success? And I'm not talking just fiscally. I'm not talking about just like, yay, prosperity. I'm talking about your mental health Do they push you to challenge yourself fitness wise? Are they encouraging you to pray more, to read more, to dress a certain way that exemplifies and displays the fruits of the spirit or that looks more like Jesus? Are they people that are kind and encouraging to waiters or someone that they don't know or to someone that's mean to them? And so these are the people that you want to surround yourself with. And if this, if there's someone that's really pulling you back and preventing you or you leave and you're like, I don't feel my best self, or I feel really low about myself, or I left and they just picked on me the entire time. Those are the things that you want to pay attention to. When you leave, do you feel drained or do you feel refreshed? Super, super key to think about because those are the people that are maybe energy sucking out of you. And here's the thing is sometimes people, they're not intentionally doing it. I know that I've probably been an energy sucker to some people because I know that I can possibly be negative and someone might leave hanging out with me and they're like, man, she just complained for an hour straight. The next one is taking care of your body and your health. Now, this podcast is called Happy and Healthy because I am very big into health and that could be getting sleep, working out daily, drinking water, limiting social media consumption, eating vegetables and fruit and having a well-balanced diet and also um, vitamins and supplements. Um, I think there's so many things that are just not healthy for us. Like we might be in a routine of just eating fast food or we're lazy or we're like, I'm tired, I don't wanna cook and totally understand all those things. But you really wanna think about your future self and your future body and your future kids. Like if you wanna live longer, if you wanna have good skin, putting on sunscreen every day, brushing your teeth, doing visits to the doctor, getting your teeth checked every six months, doing those cleanings. I mean, certain things that maybe we're just neglecting. And so I think the way that you might be ruining your life is simply not caring about your life. This could be overconsumption on sugar or bad ingredients or energy drinks or like certain sweets or just eating fast food all the time, doing takeout certain things like that. And I'm not trying to overwhelm you or shame you or make you feel bad, but truly the ingredients in a lot of our foods nowadays are just not good. And I want to do an entire episode on this with a friend that is so knowledgeable on this topic and she eats super clean. And I'm never trying to promote like, a, um, you know, a certain lifestyle where I'm like, just cut everything out and everything's bad. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I just think if we're not taking care of our bodies, we're really working at a limited capacity. We're not working at hundred percent. And so certain things like cleaning your sheets and cleaning your home and getting rid of the dust in your house and washing those bed sheets and avoiding certain chemicals in our shampoo and conditioners, things that our body is absorbing, 
certain ingredients in food, if we're only eating processed things, lots of chips, we're not ever eating vegetables and fruits and having a high fiber diet or taking like a supplement for us like AG1 or Caleb takes magnesium or certain things like that. Like if you just really don't care about your health, you can't be surprised if you're not sleeping well or your skin is starting to age or your teeth are rotting or you have stomach problems. Like if there's something you know that is wrong with your body, I'm not saying you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to fix it because I know this stuff can be expensive, but trying to find those alternatives or those swaps or doing research or doing more things to be like, okay, why does my stomach hurt all the time? Why am I bloated? Like trying to find the why behind why your body's acting a certain way. Why are my teeth constantly, you know, hurting? Why are my nails so brittle? Why does my scare, my skin feel dry all the time? Like finding those solutions to the problems that you may have in your body and not delaying those because maybe there is something deeper that's going on in your body that you do need to investigate and talk to someone about. And so if you want to live a long life and you want to live a healthy life where you can walk and you can run and you can function, you can work out all those things. You want to take care of your body. Like the God, God tells us our body is a temple and that there is some purpose and goodness and training for physicality. And ultimately God, you know, wants us to emphasize more holiness and godliness over, you know, physicality. But the Bible does say our body is a temple. And that means that we're supposed to treat it as sacred and treat it as such. Like, our bodies are on loan because they are on loan. Like we're not going to live here forever. So while we are here, let's take care of our bodies. You see what I'm saying? And so I just don't want you to ruin your life because you don't care. You're like, I'm in my twenties. It's fine, whatever. And you get to your thirties and all of a sudden, you know, some mole from skin cancer is popping up or your hair starting to fall out or whatever. Like I really want you to see, like I have one life. I want to take care of it. I'm going to work out every single day. Even if it's a walk, I'm going to get some sun, I'm going to put sunscreen on. I'm going to do vitamin C. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to floss. I mean, just daily things that we should be doing to take care of ourselves. I'm going to shower every day. I'm going to put on deodorant that doesn't have aluminum and toxins in it, you know, stuff like that. And so I want you to live a healthy lifestyle where you take care of yourself from the inside and out. Again, I talk more about this in my book, which I know I keep plugging it, but it's because like all these things I'm talking about, I talk about more in depth in my books. I want you guys to live a fruitful, healthy blessed, godly life. And this is how you do it. And so don't delay, don't wait till your thirties and your forties to start taking care of your health. You will get to the finish race or your forties and thirties successfully. If you start now, and even if you are in your thirties or forties, it's not too late to still try and better your life now. Like looking at your diet, that's the number one thing is diet. I think is so, so important. I don't do this perfectly, but I'm very big on cooking more at home and Caleb and I eating more fiber and vegetables. And I'm like, babe, we didn't have vegetables in a really long time. Let's make a salad. Let's make some broccoli. Let's make some asparagus, whatever. And so taking care of your body, that's going to bleed into everything else, your skin, your mental health, your brain, your brain functionality, how you're able to process information, how you sleep. I mean, food is everything. And maybe you might really need help. You might need to get a book. You may need to seek out professional help. I want to encourage you do that because your body is worth investing in. You get one body, one life. Don't take your health and your body for granted. If you are healthy, see that as a blessing because there's people that wish that they were in your shoes right now and they wish they took more care of their health maybe. And so this is your reminder to take care of your health. Maybe that's vaping, maybe that's alcohol, maybe that's smoking, whatever that is for you. Know that your body is valuable and you get one of it. So those are just the things that you want to pay attention to, but 
there's certain things, there's energies that we're all giving off. And I'm not like a woo-woo voodoo kind of girl, but we all do give off a certain energy. Energy is just scientific. Like all of us give off a certain vibe when you walk in the room. And when you walk in the room, do you want to be the person that people gravitate towards you're like, oh my gosh, she is so kind and lovely to be around and she's so encouraging and she's complimentary and she asks good questions and she cares. And those are the type of people you want to surround yourself with. So I've always said this, that the quality of your friendships matters more than the quantity of your friendships. Because here's the truth. You could be around 20 people in a room and you're all laughing, you're having fun. Oh my gosh, ha ha ha, this was such a good night. But if you leave and you don't know anyone more and they don't know you anymore, to me, it's a little bit of a miss. And I'm not saying that every single conversation has to be this super deep, whatever. Like I personally love deep conversations, but I also love fun. But I think something that I'm trying to work on is when you go to an event or you go to a party, or you go to whatever church gathering, singling out that person and saying, okay, I want to get to know this person more. Tell me about your upbringing what was your testimony? What are your parents like? Or where are you from? Or what's a goal you have? Or what's a dream? Or what's something you're praying for right now? Asking questions. I talked about this in the first episode that questions are the best gateway to get to know people and for people to leave you feeling seen, heard, and cared for. And that's how you want people to leave the room. And so just pay attention to energy suckers or life givers in your life and slowly distance yourself. And if somebody asks you perhaps like, hey, I've noticed you're pulling away. I've had someone tell me this. Like I've had someone literally say, hey, you know what? I've noticed that you don't really respond as much or you don't really hang out with me anymore. And I had to just be really honest and just say, hey, like, I'm sorry. I also am in a very busy season right now and I can't have 20 friendships. I can only do five really, really well. And there's some people in my life that I really want to prioritize. And it doesn't mean that I don't like you or that I don't care about you, but I'm also very limited on time right now. And I just can't, I'm just not in a season right now where I can invest so much time into you. And what was hard is that this friendship was taking more than it was giving and friendship should be give and take. It should be that you're blessing them, they're blessing you back. And so this friendship just felt like it was taking, taking, taking. And I would leave the phone call and I'd be like, man, I didn't leave like she knew anything more about me or that she prayed for me. Like I was always the one pouring in. And there's certain seasons and friendships for that where you're mainly the one blessing them and pouring into them. But eventually you want those friendships to kind of balance itself out. You see what I'm saying? And not that you need to look at it from a selfish perspective, like, oh, they didn't do anything for me. But I think everybody wants that. You want those friendships to be kind of equally yoked per se. So anyway, that is my spiel on community and friendships because I really believe that you want to be around people that believe in you. They see your gifts, they call them out, but they also challenge you. They, they pursue you, even if maybe you're bad at pursuing them and they check up on you. Hey, how can I pray for you? They remember the things like, Hey, I know your mom's going through something. Um, how's that going? And be thankful for those friendships. When your friends do that, thank them say, Hey, no, you know what? Thank you so much reward them for that almost like give them those letters, the letters of of affirmation or the small acts of kindness to kind of really show them like, I value you as a friendship. Our words have so much power. And so if you look at a friend and you say, thank you so much for just showing up for me, they're going to remember that. And you want to be that friend too. Okay. Moving on to number two, the next way that you are ruining your life is by living in comparison. Dun, dun, dun. I know. Comparison is just one of those ugly things that I feel like everybody talks about. 
and everybody knows this, but it's like this small little flea on you per se. And it's just biting at you and it's biting and it's biting and you're like, oh, this is itching me. And you never like get rid of the flea. So it just keeps like digging and making you itch more and it causes you to be irritable and angry and you start treating people badly and like no one else has the flea and people don't say the flea because it's super tiny. They're like, why is she like acting like that? And you're just like irritable and angry and like you have this like really bad heart posture but you know the flea is there and you just haven't done anything to get rid of it, but others don't know that. And then they're going to start wanting to distance themselves from you because they can tell that you're comparing or you're not really happy with your life. They're not, you're not really um, celebrating others the way that you'd want to be celebrated. And people will notice this type of stuff. People will notice if they say something very positive in their life, like, oh my gosh, I'm about to buy a new house. And you're like, oh, yay. <laughs> Like nobody wants that friend. I don't want that friend. Like I've had friends like this where I got, I got a call back for a show back in the day or I hit a million subscribers and I had a friend that did not celebrate me. And I noticed that. And then it made me not want to tell her good things anymore. And I was like, that kind of stinks. So comparison is this ugly thing because you're constantly looking at the gifts in the things and the callings and the the purpose in someone else's life, but you're not looking at your own and you're too busy looking at someone else's life that you can't even appreciate your own. And it kills your spirit. It robs you of your own unique identity and calling and gift and walk with Jesus because you're too busy looking at others. And look, preaching to the freaking choir here. I do this. Caleb literally calls me out on it all the time. He's like, babe, stop. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I start crying. Do I cry, babe? No, I don't. <laughs> you probably see me cry like twice in my life. <laughs> Fun fact. And I'm not even dogging on my husband. He cries more than me because he has a really cute soft side to him. When I cry, you know, crap's hitting the fan. Like if I cry, it's probably been like three months. And then all this stuff is like bottled up in me. And then I'm like, ah, and the floodgates have just spilled out. Anyway, so comparison is just really not cute. And I think what's hard is that it's kind of this like hidden thing that we don't really know that we're doing until we start lashing out. And so you're scrolling, you're looking, you're seeing her life or your friends thriving and you go to her, her baby shower and you're not pregnant yet. Or she buys a brand new $1.5 million house and you're like, well, I'm still living in my apartment. Like you walk into their beautiful house and you're just like, and you can just feel like your body tenses up and you feel this like anxiousness in yourself. And you may not necessarily, you're not necessarily aware of it until you start to resent the person or you start to want to distance yourself from them because you're so angry or you're so jealous or you're so um, just like mad at God almost. Like, why did she get that? And I didn't get that. And y'all, life is too dang short to not celebrate others how you'd want to be celebrated and then also to just compare your life to someone else's because like I said comparison is robbing you of your own unique identity purpose calling in life if everybody had the same lifestyle the same house the same husband the same job the same blah 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 because you want what she has I just feel like that would be really boring 
and everyone would start to look the same. We'd all start to blend into the same, which I do think that's happening in our society. If you look on TikTok, I feel like a lot of people are morphing into the same person. You're just not appreciating the beautiful things that God has for you. But what's really hard, and I really hate this because like I struggled with this, is that the, the inevitable reality is, and the innate reality is that certain people just simply have advantages in life over you. I know it's frustrating because maybe some of us didn't get the proper education or we didn't grow up in a super wealthy family or we didn't grow up in a super certain neighborhood or maybe there's a some sort of like disadvantage that you've struggled with. Maybe, I don't know, like there's certain things that are just not fair and I hate to say that, but it's just true because, you know, everyone's like, life's not fair. It's just true. Life isn't fair. So there's going to be certain advantages or benefits that someone may have over you. And you may be like, that's just not fair. Like, why does she da 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 da? And you've just got to stop. You've got to stop and you've got to say, you know what? God, I'm happy for her. Her win is my win. And I know that's an overused phrase, but that's truly how we have to start seeing it is that, you know what? I'm happy that she got that. And maybe I'll get that one day. Like if you don't believe that that could be you one, one day too, you're never going to achieve it because you already have this limited belief and limited mindset of like, no, only she can get that. It's like, no, you could too. And maybe she did have a little bit of an advantage. Maybe you have to work harder. Like I'm not, I don't know. It sounds weird. Like maybe I'm going to get some hate for saying this, but I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I paid my way through college. I had to get financial aid. I had to take out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt to pay for my college. And I remember feeling jealous that other girls in my college or in my sorority that their parents paid for the college. And I'd be like, that's not fair. You know what I mean? But if you can shift that limiting mindset or that limiting belief of like, oh, why does she get that? Not me. Channel that energy somewhere else. You know what? She may have that, but I also have this. For me, because I didn't grow up with a ton of money, I had a really good work ethic where I was like, I'm going to grind. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm blowing up my YouTube channel and working really hard. And because of that, I was able to pay off my entire student debt loans pretty much a year within getting out of college, which is insane. Like I am so, so, so grateful for that. And I know like YouTube is different, but if you can channel that energy somewhere else, channel the energy of hating her or spewing comparison towards her, towards something else. You know what? Instead of hating her, let me channel this, this energy towards grinding my job, grinding in the gym, grinding, whatever. I'm not saying hustle culture, like anything like that, but channeling that somewhere else where you're like, I don't need to waste my time, my mindset, my energy, my thoughts, my life away looking at her life. Like, let me just focus back on me. And I'm, I'm never one to preach a selfish life because I want you to be able to focus on your dreams, pursue your career, pursue your goals, pursue your dreams, and also in parallel celebrate hers along the side. And she may be five, 10 steps ahead of you, amazing. Cheer her on, celebrate her. And one day you don't know how by celebrating that girl or that person, how they may lend you a hand one day. And they may say, you know what? I have extras to give. I have extra things that I don't need here. Do you want it? Let me bless you with this. And they grab you by the hand and they pull you up and you don't be kind to people 
and bless people only because you think you're going to get something out of it. That's not the intention. The intention is, you know what? I'm going to be a good person because that's what God wants me to be regardless, point blank, period. Not because you're going to get something out of it. And that's the mindset that we need to have is being kind and blessing people just out of the goodness of our heart because we know that God is going to reward us in some shape or form in another in another capacity or another way. And again, the way that you get rewarded may not be the way you necessarily wanted, but do it because we're called to do it anyway. Do it because God wants us to weep when people weep and rejoice when people rejoice. So rejoice with somebody when they rejoice and weep when they weep. Don't rejoice when they're weeping and because you're like, he, he, he. I'm so glad that that guy broke up with her because I secretly wanted him. Y'all, that's fricked. <laughs> Let's be good people that celebrate people and cheer people on. And just again, I know I always say this, but like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of someone's life. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I don't like to say this, but yes, social media can be fake, but also sometimes people genuinely are thriving behind the camera. People often want to say, oh, I bet their life really sucks and their marriage sucks and everything sucks behind the camera because you want to make yourself feel better. You want to think like, oh, ha ha ha, her life really secretly sucks so that you can feel better about your life. But maybe she's actually thriving. Maybe she's actually super successful. She's crushing it. Her walk with the Lord is amazing. God is blessing her because God probably sees the things that she's doing in private and she's not posting publicly that maybe you're doing. So be a good person offline cheer people offline and be happy for her either way. This takes time, y'all. This takes self-work. This takes prayer. This takes fasting. This takes God, help me. Help me, God. Help me be a good person to my friends. And you've really got to like bite that envy bug and say, God, remove that from my heart and pray for them. I promise you, when you pray for your enemies, something changes in you. It may not change them, but it changes you. And that's what matters. It's changing you. Okay, moving on to number three, not stepping out of your comfort zone. And I feel like everybody talks about this, but it's because it is so true. I would rather you be scared than not do anything at all. Like scared doing it than doing nothing at all. And I feel like if we're never willing to step out of our comfort zone, we're never willing to try anything new, we're never willing to meet anybody or join the class or just get out of the normal routine that we do. I feel like we're missing so much on life and we're becoming complacent because so much of life is doing things that scare us and things that might fail and things that are hard and things that you're like, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And that's the fun of it. It's like, great. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And what if it all goes right? What if it all is like the best thing ever? And you're so proud of yourself and you're like, wow, and again, it's the classic phrase that, um, what's the phrase? Rather you try than not try at all. I'd rather you fail and try than not try at all. Because it's like the classic thing, like how will you know unless you try? What if, you know, by you doing something really abnormal or cool in your life or signing it for the class, you meet your new best friend or you meet your future spouse or you meet someone that you just needed to meet, someone that needed to encourage you or whatever. And this could look like so many different things. Like maybe it's finally getting the courage to quit this job where you have a mean belittling boss or having the courage to leave a toxic relationship because you're scared that God won't bring you someone else or you're scared that, you know, if I leave, what will happen? Well, well what will happen? 
you're not going to die. You're still okay. God still got you and he's going to lead you. And my encouragement to you guys, because I just feel like so many of us put all the hope and strength into ourselves is that if you trust God, that he has good plans for you, as he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has good plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Then imagine if you believe that and with everything that you did, you're like, God, you have good plans for me. You have, you have things that you want to bless me with things that you do not want to harm me with. And you went everywhere with that mindset of God, how can I go somewhere and be obedient and, and be faithful to you and know that you have good plans for me. And I think if we are going everywhere and we're only putting all the pressure on ourselves to get everything right and everything's contingent upon you and your mood that day and you're this and you're that and you're not really walking with the Lord, it makes sense why you may, may have anxiety. It makes sense why you may have fear or you are just so scared. And man, God calls Christians to not always live a comfortable life. He actually calls us to live a very uncomfortable nomad life in some senses. When you read the Bible, people are picked up to people are asked to pick up and leave all the time. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his only son, which is crazy. But because Abraham was willing, God, I trust you. I have faith in you. I believe in you. God blessed him. And I love that JP always says this, Jonathan Picluda, he says that obedience cannot be determined by the outcome. So we may view stepping out of our comfort zone or obedience as, um, okay, maybe that means I'm going to get, you know, a higher bonus in my paycheck or that I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And like those all very well could happen, but sometimes the rewards and the blessings actually look like God rewarding you in heaven or God providing you more peace or God giving you more joy or blessing you with a new friendship or God helping you financially that month. Like there's certain things that God can help us with that don't always come in the shape or form that we have expected. And so on your journey of stepping out of your comfort zone and try new things, stop living in fear all the time. You've got to choose faith. I'm stepping out in faith because I don't know what by me doing this, I don't know what could happen. But I believe that God is the God of the universe and he holds the entire world in his hands. He holds my life in his hands. He holds the future, my future in his hands. I trust him enough to step out of the boat and walk on the water. Because if you don't know the story in the Bible, Peter, Jesus asked Peter, step out of the boat and walk to me. And Peter was like, I can't, I can't. He was so scared. And Jesus said, just look at me and walk towards me. So Peter steps out. He starts to walk on the water. The second he lost faith that Jesus would trust, that Jesus was there, that Jesus would catch him, that Jesus was at the end. And he looked away. He took his eyes off of Jesus. He began to drown. It's the reminder for us in anything you're doing, when you're stepping out, you're trying something new, you're starting this new business, you're starting your Instagram, your podcast, whatever you're doing, you're, you're, you're um, applying for that new school, that new job. God, I believe you. I have faith in you. And, and here's the thing. It may not always work out. It may not always turn out the way you, you think, but how will you know if you don't try? How will you know if you don't step out in faith and apply and try? Maybe it turns out better than you've ever expected. And life is too short to just sit around and wait for things to happen to you. No, you happen to life. You go to life and you say, life I'm grabbing you by the reins and I'm going to try new things. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and I'm going to trust that God has my back. But 
God blesses the righteous people. God blesses people who fear him, who honor him, and who are righteous, which means righteous means in right standing with God. Obedience means that you obey the things that God has told us to do, living a holy life, and fearing him means to honor him, to have reverence for the Lord. And God blesses those people. And again, here's what's really hard, and I'm sorry to say this, but we don't always see the results really, really fast. Maybe the business takes five years to be extremely successful. Maybe you don't graduate for five years. You do your fifth year lap around the around the track, you know, like I did four and a half years at college. And sometimes it takes a little bit more time to see the results, but those daily disciplines, those small acts of faithfulness every single day, they amount to something. They amount to to something down the road and you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, I'm really proud of myself for the small acts of discipline and motivation that I carried myself through. And you'll see how God rewards that. To whom much is given, much is required. So the more that you can steward the small things that God has given you, the more he's going to entrust you with the bigger things. So this is just your sign, ladies and gentlemen. Step out of the comfort zone. Step out of fear. Stop letting fear hold you back because here's the truth is that fear is from Satan. Fear is from the enemy. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. And that's why for the last year, both Caleb and I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes us both feel energized, focused, and ready to take on the day. It has also drastically improved both of our gut health, specifically Caleb's. And each serving you AG1 delivers daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know it's safe. And their ingredients are sourced from absorption, potency, and nutrient density. I like to drink AG1 first thing in the morning, which is recommended for optimal nutrition absorption. I fill up my shaker with extra cold water, add one scoop of AG1, shake it up, and I'm ready to go. And if I'm running out the door or running short on time and I can't mix my AG1 before heading out, I'll grab a travel pack. Each is an individual serving of AG1 that is easy to mix on the go, helping ensure I get my daily nutrients no matter what. You guys, I promise you, you have to try this out. I'm serious. It has changed our bodies and we're loving the way it is making us feel. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it is AG1. And that's why I partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash healthy. That's drinkag1.com slash healthy. Check it out. The Bible says that his perfect love casts out all fear. It's John 4, 18. So if you focus on God's perfect love, like God and fear, fear and God's love cannot coexist. So when you say, God, I know you love me. I know how much you care about me. And you follow that fear has got to go. Fear has got to leave in the presence of Jesus. Fear has got to flee in Jesus's name. This is just your sign to step out in faith, follow God in the process and let him lead you and try something new. 
I want you to think about what is that new thing, that thing I've been pushing off, the thing I'm scared to try. What is it? Comment down below. Let us know. And we're going to hold you accountable to start it. Okay. Number four. And the thing that is ruining your life is not going all in with Jesus. We talked about this in the last, the last episode about a lukewarm faith and maybe the reasons why you're not and all these certain types of things. But the sooner you follow Jesus, the better your life will be. And the longer you delay following Jesus and fully giving him your heart and going all in, the longer you are delaying even just the joy and the peace that you could have. And I, for many years, delayed this. I thought, you know, I knew better and I thought that my life would be better without him. And then I just did my own things. And that didn't turn out that great for me. And it's not saying that I like ruined my life, but I made some decisions that were not beneficial for me. Things that I didn't need to do, things I didn't need to be wrapped up in, friendships that I wasted too long in, relationships, toxic relationships that I was wasting my time in because I didn't fully believe in A, my worth and value and who God said I was. I didn't believe how valuable I was. So I let people treat me as such because here's the matter of the fact is that people will treat you the way that you see yourself. If you don't see yourself as valuable and worthy and worth of res- worthy of respect and that you are God's daughter that deserves to be treated as such, others will treat you like that too. And that's super important to realize. And so not knowing your identity, going all in with Jesus, Jesus, I love you. I want to know you. Getting plugged into church, reading his word, putting on worship music, investing into your soul. Investing into your soul is inevitably later on investing back into the kingdom, which is eternal. Everything on this earth is so temporal. I'm going to die one day. Sadly, my husband's going to die one day, which sounds morbid. But the thing is, we have the peace of mind of knowing where we're going to go one day. We're trying to build treasures on earth and not in heaven. Sorry, other way around (laughs) in heaven and not on earth because all these things will pass. They're all fleeting. And so I want you listening to this today to have that salvation, to have that security of knowing, hey, if I pass, where am I going to go? Where's my soul going to go? Today, you can make that decision. Today, you can get in right standing with God. And that looks like saying, you know what? Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need you. I can't do this life on my own. I am broken. I'm struggling. I can't break free from these addictions, from these things that keep enslaving me, from the relationships I keep pulling back, the bars, the pornography, the the masturbation, the eating habits, whatever it may be in your life. God has a solution to everything. He is the answer. And I know everyone is like, Jesus is the reason. There's so many like, I know, cliche, trendy things that people say, but it's because it's true. When, I, when you sit down and you think about it, and I want you to sit down and think about it, these sayings have weight to them because they're real. They're true. Jesus is the answer to your heartache, to the addictions you have, to the lies you're believing about yourself, to the negative self-talk, the eating disorders maybe. Jesus has a solution because a lot of the times, the ways that we act out, the things that we're acting out are because we have a lie and a misbelief about ourselves. When we believe we are who God says we are, or if we believe that God has something better for us or that the ways that God laid out for us are better, when we believe that, we'll stop running to other things to give us satisfaction and the answer that we're looking for. 
Because if we, if we wholeheartedly believe Jesus, you are my true satisfaction, my true joy, the true hope of my heart and my life. And you are all I need. If we don't believe that we're going to go to our job, our finances, our homes, to a relationship, a boy, a friendship, followers, numbers, all sorts of things to give us satisfaction or security or identity or hope. And let me tell you, you guys, they, they never will. It will never fulfill you the way that you think it will. It may temporarily, may for a season, it may for a moment, but God satisfies eternally and not just momentarily, but like permanently, like he is the permanent solution to the things that we're looking for. And it doesn't mean that you won't go through ebbs and flows of maybe struggling or you've fallen back again, or you're like, God, I just don't know if I believe you or why is this so hard to follow you? I encourage you guys to listen to the last episode of lukewarm lackluster faith, how to be unstuck in your faith. But overall, just linking arms, going back to point one, linking arms with people that can help you when you're struggling, when you're struggling to believe that you are everything that God says you are. Because like I said, sometimes we just have these misbeliefs and we don't even know we're believing it. Like we're believing a lie or we think we're lame or stupid or dumb or maybe other people, your friendships or people around you are making you feel that way. You've got to have some people say, no, that's not true. That's not who you are. That's not who God says you are. And you've got to be able to open up the Bible and say, you know what? I know that I am God's craftsmanship. I am no, I know that I am his handiwork. I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that I was not an accident. I know that I'm chosen, that I'm loved, that I am a daughter of the King. I know all these things. And so when someone else tries to tell you, otherwise you're like, uh, 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 I know who God has called me to be. And again, it doesn't mean that you may not have seasons where you fall back or you start to believe lies again, because sometimes often what happens is you'll, you'll, um, get rid of a lie and then the enemy will try to find another one. He's like, ah, dang it. She got rid of that one. Okay. Let's bring another one. So just remembering how the enemy works. He's the deceiver for a reason. So this is your sign. Get right with God before it's too late. I've been so impressed and so thankful to see on TikTok influencers and and celebrities and people following Jesus, finding Jesus, because man, you'll see people's testimonies and they're like, he changed my life. He changed my life. He has the power to do that overnight, change people's lives and break you from addictions or anything like that. Like that's who he is. The power of Jesus and his name is powerful and effective y'all. And so this is your sign to, to say, be honest with God, be honest with him and say, I, I need you. And creating that dependency on Jesus is going to bring you freedom. When you stop depending on yourself to get everything right, that's when you can start depending on Jesus. And that's when you'll find more freedom because you're not, you, we're not going to get everything right hundred percent of the time. There's just no way we're flawed human beings. So when you look to Jesus who is perfect, that's where we can find the answers we've been looking for. Okay. Y'all after this fifth one, we're moving on to Reddit on Reddit. I love that sound effect. We're going to finish off with the last one. Number five is living for the approval of others. So the way that this is going to ruin your life is because you're never going to do the full things that God has called you to do or maybe that you want to do because you're so scared of what people think of you. Who cares what people think of you? I know that this whole trend on TikTok came about about being Delulu. (laughs) It's kind of stupid. 
And the first time that everyone said this, I was like, that's really dumb. Like, to be honest, I was kind of a hater on it. I was like, this is stupid. But the more I thought about it, I was like, yes, let's be a little Delulu, but not in every single aspect of life. Like, come on, y'all. We're smart human beings, not every single aspect. But being Delulu is essentially like pretending that like you're just posting and no one's like none of your friends are going to see it. And even if they do, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like you have to kind of already think of yourself as successful or think of yourself as already where you want to be. Otherwise, you're just like not going to do. You're going to be too scared again, like living in fear. So people pleasing is just dangerous because not only does it deny really like who you are, it also denies who God made you to be and the things that God wants you to do because you're so scared of like, what will they think of me? And like, yeah, what will they think of you? Who cares? The thing is too, we think about other people all the time. We think about what people are doing and we are judgmental in our own shape or forms in our own ways. And does that, our thoughts, does that stop other people from doing what they want to do? Like I can guarantee you some of the most successful people in the world were people that had to be a little Delulu or just had to be like, you know what? I don't really care what you think about me. If you're doing something that it's actually like maybe not beneficial or maybe something that's actually damaging or harmful to you and others, or it's not walking in obedience to God, or maybe it's just not the best thing that God has for you. That's where I'm not saying be Delulu, but in Galatians 1.10, it says, Caleb, no, baby, what does it say? Am I now trying to win the approval of man? If I were, then I would not be a servant to God. But essentially, it's like if you are living for the approval of man, you're not living for the, uh, the approval in the audience of one, which is God. And ultimately, he's what matters most because if God tells you to do something, for example, if God's like, hey, I'm calling you to missions abroad and he's like, I want you to go to Japan. And people in your life are like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or like, why would you do that? You're not going to walk in your full purpose and calling because you're scared of what people think about you. And like, who cares what they think about you? They're not the ones paying your mortgage. They're not the ones paying your bills. They're not the ones walking in your shoes and facing the things that you're facing. Like they're not in your life. And so it's a reminder for us to not, A, be judgmental towards others, and then B, to just not be judgmental towards yourself. And so you don't want to not do things or dreams that you have in your heart, things that God has called you to do, or maybe you've had a passion for so long to start a business or whatever it is. Like, I don't know what that is for you. And so if if there's a dream that you have, why would you let people stop you? Why would you let people hold you back? And I think some of the things that older people regret in their life is that they've regretted living for people versus like what they really wanted to do. Maybe in like, again, a certain season, you're just like, I don't have the choice right now to step out in faith and do the things I want to do. Um, and maybe again, this is going to take some time working on this, but I don't know. I just feel like we care so much and it's just denying truly who we are. And I remember living this way for so, so long, especially in college, like I would wear certain clothing. I would do certain things because I cared so much about what people thought about me. But the reality is they didn't even care about me. We care about people who don't even care about us. Like we give so much weight and equity to people's opinions who don't even really care about us that much. Like that's sad. (laughs) We're dressing in a certain way, doing certain things, buying certain things, flashing certain things 
to gain the approval of people that don't even care about us that much. And so that's why it's like, I'm not, again, telling you to live a selfish life, but I'm saying you've got to live for you and God. Like if you live in the eyesight of God, I am here to please you and please you only. That's what matters. And next thing you know, some things will start to fall into place and all these things are happening and good things are happening and God's blessing you because you've lived for his approval and his approval only. And then those haters or the people that thought it was dumb or they're like, oh, why would you ever do that? I don't know. They come back and they're like, how did you get like this? How did you get this house? How did you, why is your podcast successful? What you wrote a book? You're a teacher now? How did you become a doctor? Oh my gosh. And you're like, because I lived for the audience of one and that's God. And this is also just your reminder. Stop telling people all the things you're going to do. Stop trying to boast to people because you're trying to gain their approval because you're trying to get them to like you, to approve you, to make you feel cool. Stop telling people the things that you're going to do. Just do them. Just show them like get it done. And then you can be like, Hey guys, guess what? I launched a book or I started my business. I opened up a coffee shop. I, whatever you did, I'm now in law school, whatever it is that you want to do. Don't tell people, show them. And then they're going to be like, wow. And I can guarantee you, they're going to deem you as very successful. They're going to deem you as like, wow, that was really powerful. She didn't just talk about it. She did it because ultimately you're again, living for the approval of God and yourself. Like you're like, you know, it's me and God this is it. This is the line right here. It's, it's, it's a vertical line, me and God. It's not horizontal. Horizontal is all these other people, all these other people around you that you're like, yay, I want their applause, whatever. But let me tell you, those people can leave so fast, just as quickly as they came, they could leave so fast. So if you're living for their approval, you're going to die to their approval. And they could be in your life one day and out think my husband's over here cheering me on. That's right. That's why I married that man. And so maybe you're married. You bring in your husband, you bring in your boyfriend and you bring, it's you and God. And you're like, you know, we're going to work in silence. We're going to work in the quiet times. And then when it's ready, when the product is ready, when you feel like I'm ready to launch this to the world, then you can post it. And I can guarantee you, people are going to be applauding you. They're going to be like, yay, so exciting. And some of those people What's really, really sucky is that some of those people are going to be applauding you and they're going to secretly think it's stupid or they're going to also be jealous or they're going to be like, that'll never last. Who cares? You run your race. You put your dang running shoes on. You don't look to the left. You don't look to the right. You run your God-given race. And that is what matters. And if you run that race with God and you say, God, this is for you. I'm doing this for you. I want to bless people. I want this to be fruitful. I want this to provide purpose in my life and purpose to other people. That's a race that's going to last. You're not going to be burnt out because you're getting your purpose and your calling from the creator of the universe. And you're seeing it as a means to bless people, to help people. And it's not just a means to gain more money and status and fame. That's fleeting. So whatever that is, if you're, you know, trying to create a dream or maybe you're just trying to dress differently, you're trying to change your life, you're trying to work out. I know so many people that are maybe overweight and they're like, I want to change my life. I want to go back to the gym. You're scared because maybe there's a more fit girl there. Who cares? You put your headphones on, you look at yourself in the mirror, you block those people out and you say, you know, I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for Sally Sue over there in the corner or Billy Bob over there to the left. We don't need Sally and Bob. We're there to run our race. We're here here to better ourselves. So look in the mirror. The enemy against you, the opponent against you is yourself. You're always trying to 1% be better than yourself yesterday. 
And that's who you got to look towards. So again, I'm not encouraging sin. I'm not encouraging disobedience. I'm not encouraging a selfish life, but I'm encouraging a life that runs the God-given race that God has set before you, that you say, God, this is for you. This is for me. This is for my dreams, my goals. And these are to bless the right audience, the people that are supposed to get it. Because again, not everybody's going to get it. I promise you, people watch my content and they're like, what a freaking loser. I hate her content. She's this, she's that. People will think things about you all day long, but the girlies that get it, they get it. Okay. And y'all are the people that get it. And I love you for that. So thank you so much. So that's the fifth one. I hope those all helped you guys out. Um, I kind of just went off on a whim. I really didn't prepare for this. So was that good, babe? Thank you. I really do pray this blessed you. And, uh, I'll talk about that more at the end of the episode. And now let's get into the last segment, Reddit on Reddit. <laughs> okay, so for today's episode of Reddit on Reddit, I have brought on my husband Caleb, and let's get into it. Let's you go. Gotta, you got to do this. You shave today? Yeah. <gasps> you got to do. Uh, That's why you look so different. You got to do the. Um, <laughs> he looks so handsome. Do the, the sound. Reddit on Reddit. Reddit. Okay. okay, baby. What is today's Reddit on Reddit story? Okay, here we go. And you guys notice in the Reddit on Reddit, my voice is going to change just for dramatic effect. So I'm sorry <laughs> if you hate it. But here we go. I'm trying to tell my wife I don't want her sister at our house all the time. Oh, no. Hope we don't have this issue one day. Hey. Um, watch it. <laughs> my wife and I have been married for 12 years and have three kids. About eight months ago, my wife's sister went through a pretty <laughs> traumatic time. She found out she was pregnant with her longtime boyfriend of six years. It wasn't planned, but that didn't lessen the heartbreak when she lost the pregnancy at 10 weeks. To make things even worse, her boyfriend left her two months later. <gasps> wow, what a savage. And lives about 15 minutes from us, so obviously we need to be there to support her with anything else she needs. Neither my wife nor Anne are close to their parents at all, so we are pretty much the only family she has. Anne was understandably heartbroken by what happened and was struggling pretty hard. My wife was very diligent about making sure Anne didn't do anything stupid when her mental health was struggling, so she pretty much included her in on anything we did so she could mm. keep a close eye on her. This included turning an extra room in, into our house into a bedroom for Anne. Wow. The room had previously been a gaming playroom area. For the past six months, Anne has been staying at her house four to five nights a week. She still has her own apartment, but she spent she spends the vast majority of her time at our house and is included in pretty much all of our plans. At first, I was understanding and knew my wife wanted to just help. But having another adult in our house uh, pretty much all the time has been wearing on me. Anne doesn't do anything around the house and help with any of the chores. She scoots off back to her apartment with some type of excuse. Whenever I bring this up to my wife, she will make an excuse for Anne saying that she is a guest so we can expect her to help. We can't expect her to help around the house. Mm. Anne is now very different around our kids. She used to be very involved and fun and would babysit the kids when we would have date nights. But now she refuses to be left alone with the kids for even short periods of time because she says it's bad for her mental health. Oh my gosh. Oh Wow. The other night, I asked my wife if Anne can watch the kids on Valentine's Day so we can go out together, and she refused and said that she can't because of her mental health. It started a fight between us and Anne, which ex when I expressed a lot of fr frustration with how she's always been at her house, and I don't like it. 
I made the mistake of saying it's been six months. How much longer are we going to do this? This ticked my wife off so much she called me a heartless a-hole. Oh, no. Before anyone asks. But face. Yes, Anne is in therapy. And from what I can tell, she's doing much better emotionally and mentally. I've never said anything about this to her, but her boyfriend breaking up with her was a blessing. Wow. The guy was a loser, and I don't think he would have been a good father. I understand my wife's feelings for Anne, but I also want to prioritize my marriage, and she has a responsibility to keep me happy, too. <gasps> wow. Mm. What do you Man, think? Do you, do you think these people who have these questions, I hope they find the pod, you know. I and, know. And they can see send it to Send it to them, you guys. Okay, so let's break this down. Let's put the shoes on our on our feet. Mm-hmm. If your sister you know, went through something tragic, needed a place to stay. Our house is open totally. to our family, to our friends, our friends. Any one of our friends could say, Hey, can I stay at your guys' place for, you know, a few weeks? I'm really struggling right now. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between helping and enabling. Yes. And I think at a certain point you got to get up and you got to move forward. If you're opening your house to somebody, you know, I think there's an expectation. Like if, if I was at a friend's house and they were giving me their house, like I'm like, what can I do the dishes? Can I totally. help babysit? Like you need to. You want to contribute. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's like a little bit like obviously I want to be empathetic towards Anne's situation. Like losing a baby is obviously super, super traumatic. Um, And I'm sorry if that's we should put like a trigger warning in there for anybody. But um, I feel like the problem in marriages, what happens is if you start to neglect your marriage, if your marriage is not your priority Mm -hmm. and other people start to become the priority or other children or whatever, your marriage is going to suffer. If you and like, if Caleb and I are not on the same page, if we say, for example, someone was like, Hey, I need to sit your house. And I was just like, yeah, sure. I never told Caleb and he came home and he's like, what's happening. That would be a problem. And so y'all have got to be on the good page. Like you would have to be able to communicate to me Hey, she's been here for a couple of weeks. I understand. I want to be empathetic, but like our marriage is starting to suffer. And I think people around you should be able to be empathetic towards that as well. Like, Hey, we care about you. Can we help you in other ways? Is there any way we can help? We can help pay for a hotel or whatever, like help you get back on your feet. But it also does feel a little enabling yeah. towards Anne. And it's big to know it, whether you're single or not, just know no one loves your family as much as you do. Mm-hmm. And so you might think that, oh my gosh, you have this like love for your sister or your brother or your mom or your dad. And it's like your significant other, while they may love your family, it's there's not, that, yeah. it's not the same thing. So you, you need to make sure your first love doesn't feel neglected. Um, and if he's coming to you with like an actual issue of like, Hey, this, this is bothering me rather than calling him an a-hole. It's like, Oh no, you're my husband who deserves to be, you know, respected. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying kick her out, but I'm saying that the wife needs to do a better job of setting boundaries because yes. family members don't have boundaries. You know, yeah. with my family, with your family, we've had to talk about, hey, you know, if this happens this way, like I, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and we need to be able to respect each other's. You know, like your family respecting our marriage and my family respecting our marriage. And there needs to be that level of respect. I think boundaries is a great word here. It doesn't sound like this wife and Anne have very good boundaries, but it also makes me bummed out for the husband that he can't really communicate that to his wife. And I obviously caused a big fight and it's hard. You're exactly right. Like it's your family and that causes some problems. And so I don't think this guy is a booty face for 
you know, feeling this way. I don't think that way at all. I think after a certain period, you're like, okay, I really want my home back. I want my life. Like I want my wife back. I want my kids. And especially if she's just not contributing, like she's not even like, Hey, let me take care of the kids. You guys go on a date, whatever. I think that's where you're going to start to be like, okay, now we just feel used or we just feel like we're being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning it's like fine. But I think after a certain extent, it's like enough can kind of be enough. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, to wrap it up, I, they're going to need to sit down, have a conversation with Anne, and this goes for any part in your life. Just have the conversation. Whether you're, if you are, you know, putting off having that conversation with somebody, a tough conversation that you need to have, it's better just to just to pick the phone up or mm-hmm. meet with them in person and and just lay it out. It's never as bad as you you might think. I agree, and we hope Anne does well. We're yeah. praying for Anne's success. Yeah. But yeah, your marriage has kind of got to come first or that everything else I think will suffer. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. That cool. was a good ride on Reddit. Thank you thank for you. having me. Thank Bye-bye. you for coming on, babe. Bye-bye. All righty, you guys. So that was today's episode of Happy and Healthy. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and found it to be beneficial. If you did, please tag us on Instagram, share it with a friend, whatever helps. Comment down below. We love that. Um, We do have some exciting things coming soon, so make sure you're following the podcast page and my page as well, Janina Mopola. And uh, let us know down below what other topics do you want, what other guests. We love to take your suggestions. And if this podcast did bless you, feel free to shoot me a DM as well. Anyway, so thank you guys so much for hanging out with us we love you guys and this was another episode of happy and healthy we will see you next tuesday but until then stay happy and healthy bye guys